Don't say die, we won't give in We're number one We'll hold the line We won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast We'll drive like rain We won't be beat We won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm And we're number one We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 12. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. As always, I'm your host, Gobs, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views, and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Yes, that was uh, Justin Ollum getting absolutely poleaxed, and that was the story of the night against the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Unfortunately, as uh, I've already made mention to time and time and time and time and time and time again, if there's one team that I want the Storm to beat, it is Manly. Absolutely despise Manly. Uh, it's in the blood. It's been raised. It's been drilled into me. It's just a rite of passage as a rugby league fan that um, you support two teams, your own and whoever's playing Manly. But uh, alas, um, the round uh, round seven review. Now, uh, look, the effort was there. I will say the effort was there. Defensively it was. Um, unfortunately, you do that much defence, especially when the amount of errors that the Storm were making in their own Red zone. Um, Harry Grant probably had one of his ga- one game he'd probably prefer not to to reflect on and remember. Um, but the ill discipline factor of the storm against the Sea Eagles did not help and probably compounded in the uh, in the result. But um, to lose two men to the Simbin because of stupidity, and that's what it was: stupidity. Every Every player knows that you can't hit players late off the ball, especially playmakers, especially halves. I understand. I understand kick pressure. I have no problem with kick pressure, but the 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 contact has to be simultaneous and it has to be legal. So it can't be lead by the shoulder. It can't be late where the player has relaxed and released the ball, which puts them in a vulnerable position. So the hit by Tui Kemakamitha. Hit by Olam, just absolutely brain dead decisions. I don't know why, um, but to to lose two men to the sin bin, which resulted in the storm having to defend for twelve men with twelve men for a twenty minute period and not to concede a try. To me, that shows effort. To me, that shows that the, the defensive resolve was still there, um, and to think that the amount of defence that the storm did without having the ball. There was a period there, 
it was just like the Seagulls were just attacking the red zone and they were in good ball um, and deprived Melbourne of, of, of any sort of possession whatsoever um, to only sort of concede three tries through it through the domin- a dominating display by Manly and they did, they did dominate. They dominated the ruck right from the get-go. They made their presence felt through through their contact, uh, which was obviously on show um, with uh, with Justin Ollum getting absolutely levelled. Um, it was a bruising encounter, a bit of a throwback to through yesteryear, um, and that's what that's what Brookvale Oval or Four Points Park used to be. It used to be a fortress, and um, credit where credit's due, Manly were the better team. Um, they physically manhandled uh, Melbourne um, last Friday, and it was yeah, it was one of those things where the Storm were 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 just bashed. They were bashed out of the game right from the get go, and and they really really struggled to try and wrestle back any momentum. Uh, the forward pack was manhandled by by the Seagulls um, big men, um, which was which was um, rather rather disappointing, especially the way that the Storms. Have have stood up um, against Wests, against Souths, and against East, um, the Roosters the week previously. So, um, yeah, it, from that aspect, it was disappointing. But it was a really, really sort of lethargic, slow start to the game. Whilst Manly were just, they were hyped, they were pumped right from the get go, um, and that was that was evident very, very early on. But yeah, the. You shoot yourself in the foot when you're making boneheaded decisions by ill-discipline, um, errors, mistakes, and you do that much defence. This is the other thing a lot of, a lot of people don't realise too. You do that much defence, you zap yourself of energy, which means that the time that you actually do get some possession that go your way or, or possession starts to even out, you become brain dead which means that you've zapped up, you've expent that much energy doing so much unnecessary defensive work that the time that you do have the ball, you can't do anything with it because you're gone. You're, you're spent, you've got no energy, you, you, you're fried from doing all that defensive work and load um, that it, it becomes null and void. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a happy outing. Um, you, again, couldn't fault... The, the 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 defensive display which shows effort and as fans whilst we always want to win um, as long as they the performance uh, there's effort in the performance I should say that's that's what we can hang our head on um, you compare that game compared to the the Titans game or, or the Bulldogs game chalk and cheese. Chalk and cheese. Now, you take that performance against Manly the other night and you apply that to the Gold Coast game and the Canterbury game, the Storm probably win both those games. So that goes to show the the comparison between uh, the effort and the performance that was on display, uh, especially from a defence. Because defence is an attitude, right? So that's the first thing you pack as a player. You, you pack your attitude to turn up that... You, got to roll your sleeves up and you got to get down and dirty um and there was no no hesitation to say that the storm didn't have a crack it was just it's one of those things where you start to lose the ruck you lose that ascendancy in the in the middle third of the field 
Manly just completely rolled downfield. The Storm were on the back foot virtually for the entire 80 minutes. And it's very, very hard, very, very hard to sort of wrestle back any sort of momentum whatsoever. Now, I read some criticism of Jerome Hughes saying, uh, I had to laugh, that he should be dropped. Um, But, again, for 115 years of Australian Rugby League uh, Premiership history, if your forward pack isn't winning the ruck and rolling downfield, then halves can't assert themselves into a game. It's very, 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 very difficult to play off the back foot as a half if your forward pack isn't rolling forward. There's only one halfback that I've seen um, play off the back foot, and that's Andrew Johns, and everyone knows Andrew Johns. Joey's an immortal, and rightly so, and that was because he could do he could do things that other other halves couldn't do, and one of them was play off the back foot, and he was just a marvel at that. But no other half, not not even our own Cooper Cronk, could play off the back foot if the Storm Pack was. Was uh, didn't or didn't have the ascendancy to to win the ruck and have that momentum, which allows time, space, freedom uh, for halves to to play eyes up, to to run the ball, to take on the line, and they have time to think, etc. So that that time gets taken away from the halves, and then all of a sudden the attack becomes very flat, and that's what we saw at Manly. Um, and the other the other thing too, I suppose the the experiment of um, of shifting Munster back to to fullback sort of backfired as well. Um, I underst- I understood the premise of it because it sort of worked a little bit last year um, when they switched money back to to one. But the problem whenever you, whenever you're trying to strengthen one position. You're inevitably weakening another, and I think we did see that the other night. Not to say that Jonah Pezzett didn't have um, a good game. I think during, like I just said about Husey, halves struggle if if you're on the back foot. So there wasn't really a lot of a lot of what Jonah could do um, when you're on the back foot and you you virtually. Your backside's hanging out because you've done so much defence. So it, it wasn't it wasn't a great game for the halves, and your your spine players in general. Harry couldn't sort of get any sort of flow going in and around the ruck. Um, Manly shut him down really really well. But even money, you'd think that with Munster being at fullback, he can play on both sides of the ruck, push through the fo- push through the middle third corridor, etc. But even he struggled as well, and that just goes to show that we were, the Storm were never in it because they just were on the back foot. They didn't have any momentum, um, and all the momentum was with Manly virtually for the entire 80 minutes. So, yeah, it's it's one of those games where, again, the effort was there, but uh, just certain things in the, in the performance, especially around the errors and especially around the ill-discipline that really sort of contributed to... Um, the uh, the inevitable result uh, of an eighteen uh, eight loss, so yeah, very very disappoint- disappointing. So, and um, Craig Bellamy spoke to that uh, in the press conference. Craig, thoughts on tonight? Just poor discipline that let you down. Oh yeah, it was a, um, I don't know, I'm not quite sure how to describe it. Uh, 
in that, I, you know, I just thought it was, uh, you know, if you had a look at the st- st- stats, especially in the second half, you think we would have got beat by 30. So, you know, we were brave in some areas, but we, oh, I don't know what the years were, but we played dumb at times, you know. And basically, we got what we deserved tonight, you know. Um, so, like I say, you know, to... You know, to keep them to, was it, 18 points was probably a good effort there, but it's, you know, we, we just never give ourselves a chance to win the game, I didn't think, you know, and uh, especially our second half was really poor, especially the start, and, yeah, I'd like say we, we didn't play too smart at all. When you talk about not playing smart, like Olam, Sinbin, uh, Tui, Sinbin, like, just unnecessary? Yeah, like, again, you, you know, I don't know what planet they're on, you know, you just can't do that these days, you know, like, you can't hit ball players and you know halves late you know and with any sort of force at all you know and so that, that's that's what it is you know and to do that and so you know for we play the half of the second half you know with 12 men that's that's hard work you know and, and then when they had 12 men early in the second half we couldn't get out, out of our own 20 you know so I like say we just yeah we didn't play smart at all and um yeah, we, you know, we've had two good weeks of we're, you know, we've been been really good. Like we've been you know, thinking about our footy, but uh, tonight, you know, we uh, as I said, I think we, we got what we deserved. They were a lot better than us tonight and they deserved the deserved the win. Didn't play smart. That just sums it up. Team List Tuesday. Traditional Anzac Day game against the New Zealand Warriors. Melbourne Storm is set to regain key front rower, big nasty Nelson Asafa Solomona, and fullback Nick Meaney for the annual Anzac Day match against the Warriors on Tuesday night. On the way back after injuring his knee in round two, uh, the loss to Canterbury, Asafa Solomona has been named in the Storm's starting pack, replacing the suspended. Tui Kamikamitha, who will also miss the Magic Round Clash after accepting a Grade 2 two-week suspension, um, which is unfortunate for Tui um, because we'll be coming up against the Rabbitohs. Meany, who is the Storm's leading point scorer in 2023 thus far, regains the number one jersey after missing last week's loss to Manly where he experienced delayed concussion symptoms following the Roosters game in Round 6. So he automatically missed 11 days due to the the protocol of Category 1. Um, Cameron Munster reverts back to his usual 5-8 role with rookie, rookie Jonah Pezza dropping back to the extended interchange bench. 
The Anzac game will also see the Storm defend the Mick Moore Trophy, which honours the club's former football manager who passed away at the age of 35 in Auckland 23 years ago. The Warriors came into Anzac round as one of the form teams in the NRL, with five wins in the opening seven rounds, lifting them to third place, two points ahead of the Storm. This will be the 50th meeting overall between the Trans-Tasman rivals, with the Storm currently leading the head-to-head 31-16 wins with two draws in between. 50 games between the Storm and the Warriors since 1998. Wow. Kick-off is at 7pm next Tuesday, 25th of April, following the traditional Anzac Day ceremony, which gets underway around about 6.30pm at Amy Park. Now, let's have a look at the team list. So, Nick Meany returns in the number one jersey, playing fullback. Will Warbrick and Xavier Coates are on the wings. Remus Smith and Justin Ollum, who is still trying to find his ribs, uh, are in the centres. Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes are in the halves. In the forwards, Nelson Asofa Solomona returns to the starting pack in the number eight. Christian Welsh is at number 10 and captain. Harry Grant is at hooker. Uh, in the back row, we have Trent Laero, Ellie Katoa and Josh King locks the scrum. On the interchange bench, we've got Bronson Garlic in the 14, Alec McDonald in the 15, Tom Eisenhuth, who looked to have picked up a little bit of an injury against the Seagulls, didn't return um, to finish the game. And he's in the 16. And Tarek Sims is in the 17. On the extended reserves list, we've got Grant Anderson, Aaron Penney, Tyron Wishart, Jonah Pezzett, and young prodigy Jack Howarth. So let's have a look at the Warriors, who have been flying under the radar in many respects. A lot of people didn't have them anywhere near the top eight, let alone being entrenched in the top four. Their their season thus far, their form has been remarkable. Uh, and credit to their, their new coach, Andrew Webster, who's he's put a, he's put a bit of steel into this Warriors team, um, which is good to see um, because a strong Warriors is great for New Zealand Rugby League uh, and the pathways and the participation over there as well. So... Um, if the Warriors are travelling well, then New Zealand Rugby League's travelling well and the interest uh, will definitely continue to increase, especially after the COVID period where they had next to no Rugby League for, for almost three years over there. So it's great to see the Warriors flying and uh, giving giving their fans and Rugby League fans um, in New Zealand uh, a, great, a, a great deal of hope and optimism. So... Uh, for their sake, uh, it'd be great to see the Warriors continue um, on their winning ways, just not this Tuesday against our Storm. So they've got Charles Nickel Clockstar at fullback, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak, uh, and Edward Kosi, who's been flying, um, are on the wings. Marcelo Montoya, who looks like an absolute world beater under Andrew Webster. Um, is playing in the centres with Adam Pompey, both a handful. Um, Dylan Walker will play 5-8, partnering Sean Johnson, a revitalised Sean Johnson, at halfback. 
Their forward pack is Adam Finnell Blake, Freddie Lussick at hooker, and Jazz Tavanga moves to prop, uh, who usually plays back row, lock, or hooker. So interesting selection there. Uh, he is a bit of a nugget um, and doesn't mind the tough stuff, so I'm sure he'll do the job for Andrew Webster and the Warriors up front. Um, their back row is Jackson Ford, who's having a really, really good season um, after coming from St. George Illawarra, um, as well as Murata Nirakore, who was a uh, an off-season signing from the Parramatta Eels, and our former Storm player and favourite Tohu Harris is at lock. Uh, their interchange bench looks like this. Bailey Sirinan, Josh Curran, who I've got a massive rap on, um, for those of you who may or may not know who Josh Curran is, Josh Curran wears the Indigenous headgear uh, and plays on an edge. Uh, really, really good player. Uh, very underrated in my opinion. Um, so when he comes on, he, he's a player to watch and shut down. Bunty Afoa, the wild man with uh, the big the big throw, and Tom Ayle. Uh, who's, again, having a very, very similar season to Jackson Ford, just really, really asserting themselves. Um, so their reserves list looks like this. Vili Vaea, Tane Tukapiki, Ronald Volkman, Dimitrik Sifakula, and Zion Mayamu. Uh, apologies for some of the pronunciations there. Uh, hopefully I did them justice. Um, but yeah, um, looking at the threats of the Warriors team, well, this is this isn't the Warriors over the last couple of years. So um, their defensive resolve, their defensive attitude, and their commitment to their defence um, thus far in 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 twenty twenty three is like the the glory days, the halcyon days of the Warriors of the early two thousands, where they were making grand finals. Um and and it's yeah they're not going to be any sort of pushover. So if the storm just think they're going to turn up and a bit of monster magic is going to going to do the job, it's it's not going to be it's it's going to be a bit of a scrap. I can see this game being a bit of an arm wrestle. Uh, it won't be the uh, luxurious seventy to ten that was experienced last season. Um, and over the past couple of years, I think there was a 50-point flogging in, in there as well in 20, 2018, if memory serves me correctly. Um, so, yeah, I can't see it being a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. Sean Johnson is engaging and digging into the line. He hasn't done that for a few seasons. And when, when he's running the ball and digging into the line, and what I mean by digging into the line is he's actually going to the defensive line and, and, and wearing a shot, wearing a hit, but by doing that, he's actually taking two or three defenders and, and creating space for his outside men. So that's something that we haven't seen from Sean Johnson for a while. And he isn't crabbing across field as much either. He, he's got to that point in his career now where he realises he doesn't have to be pulling out the steps and crabbing across field and trying to drop blokes under. He's actually getting that game management and understanding that his role now is to just basically guide the Warriors around the, around the field and he lets the other ball runners in the team do their thing. Dylan Walker is a dangerous ball runner. As I said before, Marcelo Montoya is having a breakout season. Um, big body, fast, strong, powerful. Pompey's the same. Uh, and then you look at their, 
their back three, Nickel Clockstar, Watimi Zelezniak and Edward Kosi, the yardage that these guys bring the Warriors on kick returns starts their sets off so well, which means that tackle one, tackle two, they're already in the 40 and the 50 metre line because because of their kick returns. So kick chase is going to have to be imperative for the entire 80 minutes that the Storm are going to be defending these guys as well. So they're going to try and find space instead of trying to kick it straight down and test the back three. Um, I, I'd be trying to, to keep it keep it low and try and separate the wingers and the fullback at all times and really, really try and work hard to get down there and make that first up contact um, and, and try and limit the space and the yardage that these guys can bring out um, from, from their own from their own red zone because, um, yeah, they're going to be a handful. Uh, their forward pack specs for itself. Uh, Fanua Blake, is he's just the colossus. So getting Nelson back um, is opportune timing because uh, as, a, as, a, as a first, um, they refer to it as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, uh, a first forward carry, which means that straight off the kickoff or straight off a, a set, Adam Fennell Blake as a prop one carry, he can skittle a defence, and the next the next ball carrier after him, virtually late, can can get some really really good ascendancy in terms of post contact meters. So stopping Fennell Blake is going to be imperative. Um, whilst Tavanga is isn't as big as Fennell Blake, he's got really really good leg speed. He's very very thick and strong through through the middle. Um, and the backside, that's where a lot of his power comes from, through his core. Um, so he, he's a bit of a handful as well, very unassuming because he is little, but he can actually pack a punch. So Freddie Lussick will be trying to jump on the back of that and really try and engage the A and B defenders of the Storm as well as the markers. So Storm have got to be on their, on their, uh, on their game, especially in and around that ruck area. Otherwise, it could be a very similar result to what we saw against the Seagulls uh, at uh, at Brookvale last week. So, um, as I already made mention to, big fan of Curran. I think he's a he's a threat. Um, whatever whatever edge he plays on, uh, Bunty of Foa, uh, big body, off the back fence type player. So, again, it's. I don't see many weaknesses in, in this in this Warriors team at all. Um, you know, their back line is unassuming, but they they they, they all can hold their own. Uh, their forward pack is big, dangerous. Their back row is very, 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 very strong. They've got a lot of size on their edges. Jackson Ford's a big body. Murata near Nira is is has great leg speed, big body as well. And we all know what Tohu Harris brings. He's just consistent. Um, can ball play provides that link uh, which creates an extra man on both both sides of the ruck so yeah it's it's one of those things where the warriors get a bit of a roll on um, traditionally they like to u- utilize the ball um, so they'll be looking to try and generate a lot of so- sort of second phase play and skittle and pull the uh, the defensive systems on the, especially on the edges of the storm apart so again I, I, I think it's going to be a really 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 tight game. Um, so Storm will have to be on their, on their game. Um, and again, defensively, that's where it's going to... Don't worry about the attack so much. The attack will come and the confidence of the attack will come. It's the defence that needs to continue to, to be there, which it has been over the past three or four weeks. 
um, which I think I made mention to last week, that second half scramble against Wests, um, and then it's sort of it's built week on week against the Rabbitohs, against the Roosters, and against um, uh, the Seagulls last week, albeit a loss, but uh, the amount of defence that the Storm did get through, um, and again, the d- defending for 20 minutes with 12 men um, against a 13-man um, Seagulls team with the the attacking threats of the like, the likes of DCE, Turbo, etc. Um, that should give the Storm great confidence. So again, it's it's one of those things. Like I said before, you got to pack your attitude and defence is an attitude. So let's hope the boys do pack it and uh, they can come away with with a resounding victory um, on Anzac Day. <laughs> Yes, so some storm news. Um, it's it's been a uh, it's been an interesting week. There was uh, there was an item in the News Corp publications um, around Nelson Asofa Solomona. As we know, Big Nelson is off contract at the moment, and um, well, you'd think that he'd be on a lot of uh, general manager of football, head of football recruitment list managers uh, hit list in terms of getting the big man uh, to their clubs. So the uh, the latest report, um, which appeared in the News Corp press, so you're talking about the Herald Sun, Courier Mail, Daily Telegraph and Code Sports, suggests that Wayne Bennett is looking to continue his raid on the storm with the Dolphins tabling a formal offer for the Melbourne Storm Prop D-Day is approaching for the off-contract Asofa Solomona, who is tipped to make a final call on his future next week after Melbourne's Anzac Day clash against the Warriors on Tuesday. So we should hear something around about Nelson's future after Anzac Day going into the bye. The Storm are privately confident the 130-kilo premiership prop will stay loyal, but the Dolphins are attempting to blow the Melbourne Storm out of the water with a more lucrative package for a sofa Solomona. As we know, Bennett succeeded in outbidding Melbourne for the services of big-name trio Kenny and Jesse Bromwich and Felice Cafusi, and the Dolphins have ramped up their bid to bring Nass to Redcliffe. As he prepares for Sunday's clash against the Titans at Suncorp Stadium, Bennett said Sofa Solomona is on the Dolphins' radar with Redcliffe recruitment manager and chief Peter O'Sullivan in negotiations with the Storm Monster. I believe we have made an offer, Bennett said, of Sofa Solomona. I haven't really been involved in the Nelson one. That's one our recruitment boss, Peter O'Sullivan, is handling. Peter has spoken to me about it. Salary cap pressure meant Melbourne could not beat the Dolphins in a bidding war for Kafusi and the Bromwich brothers. Now, there's a bit of salt and pepper on that because I don't think it was a fact that the Storm were outbidded. I think it was the fact that Melbourne were in a holding pattern of understanding that they needed to start to regenerate and revitalise their forward pack and their roster. Uh, as we know that Father Time remains undefeated. And what I mean by that is is that you've got 
three forwards who are all over the age of 30. Um, Jesse Bromwich, 34, going on 35. Kenny going on 32. Felice going on 32. And it's one of those things where every year in your 30s, especially forwards, I know sports science and I know injuries and a bit of luck here and there go a long way, but again, it's one of those things that middle middle forwards and edge forwards um, they they tended to continue to get a yard slower, um, and it becomes noticeable over the duration of a season. Now, I think all Storm fans and members would will acknowledge that the best football uh, of of Jesse Bromwich. And Felice Kafusi has probably been exhausted. Um, their last season at the Storm last year um, was probably. I'm not going to. I don't want to bag them. I'm not going to bag them at all. But I'm going to say it wasn't up to previous seasons, and that's just a, a sign of the aging process of, of a of a professional footballer, especially forwards um, that play in the middle and are getting absolutely walloped and bashed and punished through solid defence and carrying injuries week in, week out. And, again, you know, the the taxing uh, pre-seasons uh, that the Storm put into their players as well has a has a has um, has an effect on that as well. So, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where I don't think the Storm were outbitted at all. I think it was the fact that they probably made an offer because of respect, but... It would have been one of those things where I don't think they would have lost any sleep over the fact that they had three forwards who were all over the age of 30 um, coming into the twilight years and end of their careers when you've got the likes of Nelson who's still in his prime. You've got Christian Welsh still in his prime. You've got you know the, the up-and-coming uh, Alec McDonald um You've got uh, Lazarus Valaipu, who the Storm have signed from the their pathways in the Sunshine Coast Falcons. Who they, these guys are, they've got another five to ten years in the game before they even get to where Jesse Bromwich and Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich are at. So it was one of those things that if you keep these older guys at the club, then you risk losing a likes uh, a like of um, Nelson Asafa Solomona. Christian Welsh, Lazarus Vala-Epu, Alec McDonald, um, these middle forwards that the Storm have coming through. Um, and it's one of those things where you don't want to be in that position because when these guys ride off into the sunset, you go to look in your backyard and then all of a sudden you realise that, well, we don't really have any forwards coming through because we let them go because we chose to um, extend out loyal servants, so and this is the nature of the beast, right, where you've got to sometimes put sentiment to the side and make a decision on what's best for your football club going forward, and the Storm have done that. Um, and again, it's it's all three, all three players, Kenny and Jesse and Felice, they will always be Melbourne Storm players, regardless. The, the service that, that they gave to the purple jersey uh, and the legacy that le- they leave behind, they will always be Melbourne Storm men, um, and I think all, all fans would appreciate that too. But it's it's one of those things. So um, yeah, to to say that the Storm were outbitted, uh, I don't think that's the case at all. I think it was more of a 
a, uh, a, a football-based decision of looking ahead and wanting to ensure that the sustained success that Melbourne Storm have been able to have over two decades now continues for another for another decade, and you can only do that if you if you if you if you if you're future proofing your your you list. And the Storm have done that by investing um, in their current their current players who are not not yet in in into their thirties. They're still in the prime of their careers, and the young kids that they've got coming through their feeder system. So no, I I'm quite comfortable with. With the decision the storm have made, um, but all fingers crossed that um, the storm believe that they are confident in retaining Big Nass, uh, and we need that to be the case because he is the enforcer now. He is the he is the forward leader um, of this storm pack, and we need him because uh, yeah, he uh, he is very very pivotal to what the Melbourne Storm can. Do not only in 2023 but beyond that because of the the sheer presence, uh, the talent that he does bring. So, fingers crossed. Let's hope that Big Nasty uh, signs on the dotted line and remains in purple uh, and goes a long way to becoming a one club player. So, Big Nasty, if you're listening, sign the sign the deal, buddy. Sign the deal. <laughs> Injury and rehab update. So it's um it's probably the best it's looked. There's only sort of two key injuries at the moment. So that one is Ryan Pappenhausen, as we know. Paps is building his running volumes. Uh, the exact date of his return is still to be confirmed, but as we've already previously discussed on this podcast, is that he is running. He's running on sand. He is running on land. He's doing all the strength uh, training in the gym. And out of the gym, um, so really now it's about pushing through and, and putting that volume into his body, into his legs, uh, and ensuring that when he does return, he's not only returning, but he's going to be returning to perform. So that's um, continue to watch and see in that regard. And the other one is Dean Oremea, uh, as we know, is is gone for the season after the ACL rupture in the trial against the Warriors. So we know that Tepoi Moroa made his comeback last week. Um, and, yeah, the the other one, I suppose, the, the other question mark was around Tom Eisenhuth, who picked up a bit of an injury against the Manly Warringah Seagulls last week. But um, he's been named, um, and by all accounts, he'll, he'll be okay to, to run out against the Warriors. Um and I think that's probably helpful because of the long turnaround as well. Having played last Friday and, and not playing until Tuesday, that extra time, lead-up time to the to the Anzac Day game will, will help in that regard. So, no, that's that's a good thing. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the injury list, George Jennings, as we know, is back. Um, 
and yeah, the 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 pathways teams in the in the Sunshine Coast Falcons and the Brisbane East Tigers. A lot of our uh, a lot of our feeder boys are in there at the moment, or I should say, our NRL boys that aren't currently in the seventeen are turning out there. So, um, which is a good sign, considering you go back, you go back. What what are we now? Uh, round eight. You go back five six weeks ago. There was a period there we had thirteen players unavailable which was unheard of, 13 players out of a top 30, which means that we only had 17 fit players. Insane. And you look across the game at the moment and the Bulldogs are now in a very, very similar situation to what the Storm were after three rounds where they're really, really struggling. Um, And it's one of those things where injuries can make or break a season. You need a lot of luck to go your way in order to put yourself in a position to win a premiership. And part of that is trying to maintain... Uh, a healthy and fit roster, and and having having virtually all of your top thirty or majority of your top thirty to choose from week in week out, and it's no surprise that the teams that usually are winning premierships that's that's what they've been been ha- or have had the luxury of having, and a lot of a lot of it just comes down to sheer luck. Um, unfortunately, um, the storm this season already we've copped our. Copped our first um, first few injuries of the first few rounds. Obviously, Munster um, was the, was the big one there. Um, but then you look at um, the twenty twenty season when, when the Storm won their premiership. What was one of the key things? Maintain virtually a, a full bill of health. Uh, albeit Cameron Smith sort of picked up that, that AC joint um, and had a few weeks off, but came back to um, yeah to lead the charge of a premiership. Uh, 2017 was the same. Uh, so, again, it's one of those things where it, it really does come down to luck. You look at the Panthers over the past three years. They've you know arguably been the best team over the past three years and, and literally they've had no major injuries whatsoever, no season-ending injuries at all. So, again, it's just one of those things some teams – and are lucky and, and blessed and other teams unfortunately it's yeah they, they it's like they've walked out under a ladder and or broken a mirror and they're just getting all this all this bad luck and usually it compiles very very quickly so you get one injury you end up with a another two or three week in week out and it just continues to to stockpile and, and the poor old bulldogs are suffering that at the moment just like the storm were last year uh, I think the storm had at one period there there was I think there was um, a, a period of 15 players that were unavailable and they had more – the Storm had more players unavailable for a period of five weeks or more. Um, and that was a record, um, especially with sustaining two season-ending injuries in round one last year when Welshie went down and, and George Jennings went down. So um, – yeah, it's 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 all well and good to say next man up, and 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 that's that's the storm mentality, right? Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where you need a lot of luck, and by the looks of it, the storm are, are finally turning the corner and potentially getting a little bit of that luck coming our way, which is a good thing, knowing that we've only got one long term injury um, in Ryan Pappenhausen and, and unfortunately Dean gone for the year. So, but everyone else is, is back playing 
either in the NRL team or in the feeder teams, which is uh, which is a good thing. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, we can see Pappy back very very soon. I think I made the prediction. I'm, I'm thinking round fourteen. So let's see how uh, let's see how my prediction is going in that because, as I said, I think he's currently undertaking a mini preseason at the moment. So. Yes, it will be very interesting, so watch and see. Now, like most Storm fans and members, um, Anzac Day is my favourite game on the calendar. Uh, it's not only my favourite game on the calendar, it's, it's one of my favourite days of the year. Uh, just for the the significance of the day and what it means to us as Australians and what it means to our country as well as New Zealand, um, the what the Anzacs did for us um, it should should never ever be forgotten. And I, I love the I love how celebrated it is and reminded and. Um, by by the the public, especially the younger generation now, it, it's you turn up to a dawn service all around the country, and to see to see the amount of young people, uh, it, it, it is extremely heartening and warming, uh, heartwarming, I should say. Uh, it is late; it's what twelve twenty eight in the morning. Please forgive me for that. Um, but it is it it is extremely heartwarming to see so many young people that are that are really understanding the significance of of what Anzac Day is and and what it has provided uh, our country um, and us as people uh, the the freedoms um, that we enjoy uh, the, the free liberties the the civil liberties that we we celebrate. Um, should never be taken for granted. It's because the the sacrifice that our brave diggers uh, and and laying down their lives for us, um, you know, over a hundred years ago, it was. Um, that's that's why we we are so lucky and we are so blessed that we live in the free country that we do, um, and that should never ever be taken for granted. Uh, the democracy that we have here in this country is is something that should always be acknowledged and respected and we we wouldn't have that if it wasn't for our for our brave soldiers and our brave diggers that went to world war one and uh fought on the shores of gallipoli and yeah it's a it, it is a it is a, a very somber day a, a day of reflection um a day to remember about what did transpire um you know, over 100 years ago now um you know, on the fr- on the front line and the Western Front, and it's it's just one of those things where, you know, unless you've unless you've been to war, and I'm I'm sure there's people out there that are that have served in the army, and and for those of you that are listening and, and you have been in the army, thank you for your service, um, and it's it's just hard to comprehend um, that you had you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds going over and, and fighting and didn't come back and due to their sacrifice again we we have the the democracy that we live in the the freedoms the civil liberties that we we enjoy and we take for granted on a day-to-day basis is because of what they did so that should always be 
should always be celebrated and and as a country we should never ever lose that never ever lose that and again i think it's rugby league um and the nrl do such a tremendous job in celebrating anzac day and highlighting the the significance of it to not only from a cultural perspective but from from a country uh, and a, nas- a nation um this the the NRL and and the Australian Rugby League Commission do it so well, and our club, our Melbourne Storm Club, they do such a magnificent job. the The pregame is is outstanding, and it's yeah, it's it's extremely moving, extremely moving. Um, I've I've been attending these games for almost a decade now down down in Melbourne, and uh, again, it it is my favourite game on the calendar um and i urge i urge any melbourne storm fan that has never been to an amy park anzac day anzac round game do yourself a favor and 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 make the make the time as soon as the draw comes out circle the game plan 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 a weekend down in melbourne in and around anzac day um attend the shrine of remembrance for the dawn service Go down to Flinders Street, you know, pay your respects to the diggers uh, in in the parade, um, and then yeah, just really make the trek to Amy Park. Get there for the blackout, the last post, the anthems. Um, the storm just do such a, a magnificent job. And again, it, it, like I said, if you if you haven't done it, if you haven't done the the Amy Park experience before on Anzac, Anzac Day, then yeah. Um, I, I urge everyone to do it. Um, it is it is my favourite game, and it is one of my favourite days of of the calendar. So yeah, um, can't can't wait. I'll be actually fly down to to Melbourne tomorrow. Um, so recording this now at um, Friday morning, so I'll be flying down today, uh, Friday evening after work, uh, and uh, I'll be down there until Wednesday. So. Uh, yeah, I'll be getting in and amongst it, um, and again, just a, a really good build up to uh, to what is uh, a, trem- a tremendous day on our calendar, and uh, hopefully, will be a tremendous game. Um, Christian Welsh was actually on uh, the pre-game Fox League coverage tonight. The uh, the Fox team uh, crossed to Welshie uh, and asked him about um, about Anzac Day. Let's hear what Welshie had to say. Welcome, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've been talking here about the significance, the privilege of playing on Anzac Day. I guess, what does it mean for you and how have the club factored that into preparation so far this week? Um, yeah, we, we started the week. We had um, the great Ryan Hoffman come in and speak to us about what it means to him. Uh, he's played for the Warriors and, and the Storm, obviously, for those clashes. And, um, yeah, it's a really special day to pay tribute to our, our service men and women uh, who do a, you know have done an amazing job and, and obviously, the history um, you know, of this country. So uh, it's a really big privilege for our club to, to be able to play on this day, and, uh, and we're really excited to go out on Tuesday. Hello, Christian. It's Cooper. Considering the occasion on Tuesday, you talk about being captain... What's your message? What's your tone speaking to the group before you run out on Amy Park? 
Um, I think it's a bit of a strange game because we have uh, a lot of stuff on the field. So I think just staying relaxed. Um, obviously, we've got the last post. We've got the, both the national anthem. So there's actually a fair bit of time from when you leave the sheds to actually kicking off. So probably just keeping the group relaxed. Um, we've got a young group, so we don't want to uh, get too excited about the game. But um, just, you know, savour up the moment. The, the Storm do a really great job there building up, you know, the Anzac Day tribute. Uh, I suppose just taking all that in and then uh, hopefully ripping into the Warriors. We'll, uh, we'll see how we go. Rip into the Warriors indeed, Boshi. Well, that's just about it for this week. Thank you for listening, as always. Uh, until next week, uh, enjoy your weekend of... Rugby League. And uh, have a great Anzac Day. Uh, as I already made mention to it's a... A sombre day, yet a celebrated day uh, on the Australian and New Zealand calendar. Uh, the freedom and the civil liberties we all enjoy today is because of the sacrifice of our brave diggers that have laid down their lives for us over 100 years ago. Um, and uh, lest we forget, go storm. <laughs>